0: On this episode of The Playbook, I have the incredible Tim Grover, Michael Jordan's right hand man, that's right, he's written a book called Winning, The Unforgiving Race to Greatness. Check it out, you can't miss it, and we're going to talk about why winning is everything. Join me for all of this and more on The Playbook. This is The Playbook where I give you access each week to the world's greatest athletes and executives about their personal and professional playbook and what has made them champions on and off the field. This is The Playbook. I am so excited because I have another man behind the man. And I know what that feels like, Tim (laughs) Grover. He's an author, a speaker. He has his own company, CEO of Attack Athletics. And he has a new book coming out. Which I have in my hand, by the way, right up my alley, which we 're going to talk about the unforgiving race to greatness, winning right there, the unforgiving great uh, race to greatness. Tim Grover, welcome to the playbook.,
1: hey, thank you so much. What an honor man it's fine you know what It's finally great to meet you in person you know i 've seen bits and clips of you I've seen you we go way back people don 't understand before social media yeah yeah, before social before media before
0: we actually knew anyone knew our names or were supposed to see us, but I think it's important to come from behind the shadows, you know, obviously in The Last Dance. Sure. Got a lot of great branding in there as well. Um, But I'm most interested in greatness because my belief in what, and the reason I think you've been so impactful in sports is that there's this saying that I have, enjoy the consistent everyday, persistent without quit, pursuit of your potential. Yes. And you work so closely with probably the greatest athlete competitor Athlete of all Mm times, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Um, And that's how I distinguish Michael Jordan. They can say what they want talent wise, LeBron James, Kobe, et cetera. But I've never, and I've been around athletics like you, met a better competitor uh, than Michael Jordan. In other words, someone who pursues their own potential to its greatest consistent capacity. What have you learned about that journey that's in this book And you call it the unforgiving race to greatness about people's own potential. What are the steps to figure out, one, what the potential is? And then how do we distinguish ourselves in that pursuit?
1: Well, what I always like to talk about is, first, there are no easy steps. Everyone looks for, like, you know, five steps to greatness or ten steps to success. There are no easy steps. Those steps are infinite. And they're constantly changing. They're constantly shifting. Just when you get ready to take one step, it's no longer there. Sometimes you got to walk up those steps. Sometimes you got to crawl. So, for to find your true potential, your maximum capabilities, your abilities, and succeed and win at whatever you want, you, it's not easy. It's not easy. Just like climbing steps is not easy. You know, I don't care what kind of. You've worked with some of the greatest athletes, so have I. I don't care what kind of shape they're in. They got to run up a flight of steps. It's difficult. So when everybody thinks about these steps, remember, those steps are different for each individual. You got to find your own path. You got to understand you're going to miss steps. You got to understand that you may be able to run up those steps. Sometimes you may have to crawl. You may miss a step. And often you got to start all over. But the greatest competitors and the winners, they don't quit. They don't quit
0: and you've adhered to that to get into the position where you're at. I think a lot of people think that people like you and I just somehow got lucky and somebody picked us out of a crowd and said, Oh, you know, you should work with these celebrities, athletes, and entertainers, <laughs> or you should work with the greatest competitor of all times. But it was a lot of work to be able to be qualified incredible, to be chosen. But even after you're chosen, you know, a lot of people like Michael Jordan or Warren Moon or Steve Young Mm -hmm. or Troy Aikman or any of these great people, they have a lot of choices. If you can't walk the walk and continue continue upon that same capability that you uh, somehow attracted them with, and I think a lot of people lose track of that. For you, how did you attract Michael, for example, to work with you, because obviously, once not only he worked with you, did you have the credibility that he continued to work with you for his career? Right. But then other people saw that credibility and wanted to work with you, which, like me, led you to work with everybody.
1: Sure. So what you have to do is you got to produce winning results over and over again, not for that one individual, but for another individual, another and another. Just because you did it with one person doesn't mean you could. Not, that same formula is necessarily going to apply to somebody else. So just like winning has no loyalty to you, it has no loyalty to me, it has no loyalty to those individuals. Do you have the ability to win over and over and over again? And do you have the ability to adapt, adjust, and overcome? Because after every win, if you show up the same way, you're not going to get that win again. So you have to constantly, it's starting all over again. It's like, you know, in the book, I talk about it. I like, uh, you take this bus ride, to winning and then once you get there it takes you all the way back to hell again
0: right but worse with more pressure
1: yes you got (laughs) to start all and if you and if you if you try to show up and win the same way it's just what you said you're not going to get there the pressure mounts that's why it's so hard every individual that you mentioned they won multiple championships multiple things multiple mvps multiple you know accolades and with each one, it gets a little harder. It gets a little harder. And people are just like, you know what? I'm good with the, I'm good with the one. I'm good with the one. And these individuals, they, don't, they, don't, they, don't know, they just don't want one. They want many over and over again. And you have to be just as obsessed as they are. And if you're not, they're going to find somebody else. You know, I have this expression, hey, why did my clients keep me? Because I was just as messed up as they are. Right. You know, and you have to be. And very few people don't understand that. You you know, you, they talk about this balance thing, and you're not there. If you try to balance their competitive nature, they're going to find somebody else.
0: Right. And they have to learn from you some things about their competitive nature as yes. well. They have to see things in you that they may not have within themselves in that competitive nature. Um, You know, one of the other things about this book, uh, Winning the Unforgiving Race to Greatness, is the word unforgiving. You know, I have studied forgiveness later on in my career uh, to understand forgiving myself because I have a hyper-competitive nature. OCD is born within me, which I believe, you know, is born within every great athlete. It's a superpower. And I was with John Daly and I said, you know, it's amazing because the reason people, you know, look on upon you with negativity, with your obsessive compulsive behavior that's destructive is the reason you're one of the greatest golfers of all time. It just, you transferred it to the wrong focus. Yes. Um But this word unforgiving, why'd you choose to say the unforgiving race to greatness?
1: Because it is unforgiving. It, it doesn't. It has no loyalty to you. The things that you have to do in order to get into that race, the things you're going to have to sacrifice, the things that are going to unbalance your life, and to know that you're going to be different. You have to be different. Winning wants you to be different, but here's the thing different scares people. Everybody wants to fit into a certain thing. Now you start to have these compulsive behaviors. You start to win and people start to look at you as like, yeah, this isn't normal. You're absolutely right. It's not normal. It's not normal. That's what makes these individuals who win over and over again so great. And there's so many things in their path that it's later on in their lives, they may think about it. "Eh, I should have not done it that way, but in that competitive nature, it's all unforgiving. There's no balance. They, underst- they understand that. They understand that winning has no loyalty to them. They understand that the steps are infinite, that winning has its own separate language. And here's the other thing. When you win, winning knows all your secrets. It knows all your wow. secrets. It does. And now when other people see and start to learn how competitive you are and what your secret is to that win, they're like, it's unforgiving.
0: Yeah. And, it, and they're aiming for you, right? They, There's an extra level, every single championship more and more. And I think Tom Brady is a classic example of someone that could be utilized as a key example of not worrying about what other people are targeting or think or where he's at in his career. To that point, faith is an interesting component within greatness. Because here you have the most persistent, persistent human beings, the greatest champions, the ones that I say have a desire that they must be what they can be, beyond anything else. Yes, except for I always see a blend of faith or allowance uh, that is also somehow counterintuitive to all persistent nature to be able to blend in this faith that it's okay I didn't win. I'm gonna get them next time, I'm not gonna quit because you know I missed this, or the setback, injury, all the things that you've witnessed mm-hmm. in your career, specifically for what you do, to be able to manage the faith component of allowing things to happen at the right place at the perfect time. Have you seen a consistent or a similar uh, attribute within the greatest athletes, the greatest winners that have placed faith in a certain way, or have you been able to utilize teaching the allowance mechanism especially with injuries or in the training process well
1: you know the faith is something that's within you know I always say this if an individual has faith you can see everything you we can see you people a lot of people have sight faith allows you to have vision it allows you to have vision all right everybody that has sight doesn't have vision all right but every great athlete they may not be able to see what's next, but they have the vision of that ultimate goal. They have that vision of, you know what, I lost. How to, how to come back? They have that vision of, I'm injured. I'm not going to come back just the same. I'm going to come back better. That's that internal faith that cannot be touched. It's like how people always say, you know, I have a chip on my shoulder, well, that faith is that chip inside that only they can touch because if you have that chip on your shoulder, somebody can play with it. You have that faith inside. That's your chip to decide how you want to use your faith, your beliefs, not somebody else's.
0: So Tim, it's interesting because you know I've written four books. They all kind of lead in or somehow have a common thread. Yes. Um, your book, Relentless, From Good to Great to Unstoppable, you talk about Closers, coolers, and cleaners.
1: Coolers, closers, and cleaners. Coolers, closers, closers and cleaners, cleaners.
0: Yes. And kind of three type or archetypes that are utilized. Can you explain to me what you actually meant by those three and also how that impacted the new book, Winning?
1: Sure. So I, in the book, Relentless, uh, we talked about coolers, closers, and cleaners. A cooler is an individual that read stories. Those are the individuals that will buy all your books and they will read them, read them over again. They'll buy the next person's book, this person's book. They'll follow In case they're listening. Yeah. I just want to make sure they see it. <laughs> they'll follow everybody on social media. They're following this person this week, they're following this person that so they read everything, but they're confused with all the information. They're totally confused with all the all the infor- all the information. Then you have a closer, a closer loves to tell you the stories. They'll tell you about their success, but when they have their failures, the failures are always somebody else's fault. I ran out of time, it was the umpire's fault, the weather was bad, There's there's always some kind of, there's always an excuse. A cleaner is an individual that has a chance to change his story. And we all have the ability to change our story. They change their stories constantly. You know, you look at all the athletes, you look at the successful business persons, you look at yourself, how many times you had to change your story. Okay. You wrote your own story. You how many people are going through lives where other people are writing their stories for them? All right. So a cleaner changes his own story. Often. Often. And then that translates into a new book about winning. So winning is just a con- it's an extended conversation of relentless. So in winning, I don't talk about the concept, uh, uh, three different concepts, but the way to kind of think about it is you have individuals that compete. You know, everybody knows how to compete. Every individual knows how to compete. All right, and for the individuals that compete, they enjoy. They just they just want to finish. Whatever they do, they just want to finish it. And that's not a bad thing. If you've never ran a marathon before and you said, hey, I'm going to go run a marathon, you train for it, highly unlikely you're going to win that marathon. Right? You'll, you know, you'll finish it, but highly unlikely you'll win it. But does that finish lead to whatever your next win would be. It has nothing to do with running. It might be something else. So then you have individuals. So you have your people that compete. Then you have your people that win. But they only win once. And they're satisfied. I won my Super Bowl. I won my NBA trophy. I became the number one salesperson.
0: No no offense, Joe Namath.
1: You know,
0: <laughs> I still made the Hall of Fame. Right? <laughs> you
1: know, you have those, you have those individuals. And, and, you know, they could go down as his, in history as... Individuals that accomplished something. But then you have the people that win at winning. And they're the ones that when they win, they win again and they win again, even if they leave their sport, even if they leave their business. Look at all your successful individuals. You mentioned Troy earlier, Hall of Fame quarterback, multiple Super Bowls, one of the top analysts out there. Steve, same thing. How many has, you look at Warren, how many quarterbacks? He's probably the most sought-off quarterback from people that want to talk about how did you do it? How did you overcome this adversity? How did you have these challenges? So these people just constantly win. You look at MJ, you know, all the championships that he won on the basketball court. The shoe businesses.
0: He's a better businessman than he is a basketball player. (laughs) I wish I was as good as a businessman. (laughs) Exactly.
1: You know, the late Kobe Bryant, you know, all his championships. Academy Award, right? Yes. Anything he touches. Yes. You know, he won the Oscar, uh, children's book. You look at Shaquille O'Neal he's got four championships and what he does from a broad, from a broadcasting standpoint Charles Barkley he may have not won a NBA championship but how many i don't know if the whatever awards at the TNT shows sure. those people win at winning it transcends from whatever they do cuz if you stop that's when the destructive behavior comes in you have to continue to win, you have to continue to fuel that internal fire. You have to continue to seek out more victories. If you don't, it's going to lead to something bad.
0: You know, I was speaking with Ray Lewis and I was sitting way too close to him because when he answered this question, he grabbed my leg and I felt his answer. You know, I said, you're not the most talented linebacker of all times. You're not the fastest, the strongest, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, even football intelligence wise, I don't think you're the best at that, but you may be the greatest linebacker ever to play. Yeah. And I said, why is that? And he grabbed my leg, like I said, and he said, because when I stepped on the field, I was willing to die before I lost, right? He was literally, and he meant it. It wasn't, he, it wasn't like some of those guys, I'm the, you know, Ricky yes. Henderson, you know, I'm the greatest. Yes. It was literally, he, he meant it. How do you describe that? Because all of those people who I know and all the ones that you know they're willing to die before they, they, they lose. That's why they'll, and that's why it's so destructive if they stop playing. It is
1: so. I was, how many athletes? And this is great because you and I can relate to this stuff. How many athletes in your career came up to you? I'll do anything right. until you tell them what anything is. Or an intern,
0: even believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you probably have to do that right.
1: until the, until you tell them what anything is. Right. All right. I so when that. you when you talk about individuals that say, hey. I will literally die. That's anything. No. MJ would do anything to for that to that win. You know, he had this great line. He goes, "I never lost a game." He goes, "In my NBA career, I never lost a game." He goes, "I ran out of time." <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. That. he goes, "But I, ne- I never, I never lost, I never lost a game." So it's that when people say they'll do anything, what's your definition of anything? You know what Ray Lewis's definition of anything is?
0: Everything. Like it's said, everything. everything. What I love about the book is it goes beyond sport. You know, I think one of the greatest nuances is to be able to communicate from on the court strategies, philosophies, and disciplines to life, business, family, all the areas where greatness to me really matter is also the impact that an athlete has by being utilized as an example of how we're supposed to act off the court. and. In your book specifically, you're utilizing the strategies, the disciplines and the lessons that you've learned to help people with their business and with their life as guideposts. What's the number one takeaway for the average executive, the average manager, the average mom that would read this book and say, wow, I can be like Mike?
1: Winning is in all of us. We win, there's wins every single day. We have an opportunity to win every single day, every single moment. What does that win lead to? What does that win take the next step towards whatever your race is, whatever your greatness is? The times these last year that's going on, people have forgotten what a win looks like or even what it feels like. So this is a way to say, hey, listen, You win every single day. You just got to understand what they are and build on them. The chance of success, it's out there. The chance to win, the chance to be great, the chance to get in your unforgiving race, but you have to take that chance. You have to take that belief. You have to take that faith and know this is what I want to do, not what somebody else wants to do. How many individuals do you know that are living somebody else's life instead of living the life they want to live. Winning gives you a chance to live the life that you want to live, that you were put on this planet for. I had um, all my athletes. I always tell them. I said, "Hey, describe winning in one word for me." And I get the, I get these answers, which are in the book. And Kobe said, "Winning is everything." And I said, "Elaborate on that a little bit more." He goes how do you feel when you win? I said, it's can't describe the feeling. How do you feel when your kids win? I said, it's the same. Your family, your friends. He goes, we all have that ability to have that feeling every single day, every single day. And when you recognize those wins, pause for a moment, enjoy it, And then go for the next win.
0: And you got to start all over again, as you've learned and described in the book, winning the unforgiving race, the greatness May 18th coming out. Everyone has to get a copy. I always say winners win. I hope my kids are watching this because I always tell them, surround yourself with the right people and the right ideas. And I think the greatest blessing of tim grover's life as well as mine is we've been able to surround ourselves with the greatest people with the greatest ideas which has elevated ourselves and allowed us to elevate others as well just like this book will do the unforgiving race to greatness join me with the winners win club here david Meltzer with tim grover entrepreneurs the playbook